Hi everyone, welcome back to the Project Deactivate podcast. Definitely something my team and I didn't think would become a series, but did. My name is Divya, and today I want to talk about social media. Honestly, this should be no surprise, as the entire purpose of Project Deactivate is to talk about all things tech-related and help inform you about how to live life in the digital age and how to do so in healthy, safe, and educated ways. But let's get started. Today, I want to talk about social media and coronavirus. I think maybe social media might actually be too limiting, so devices in general. And I, I think coronavirus definitely changed the way people use the internet and their phones, be it how frequently or what they used it for or what content they were seeing. I mean, it changed the way I used it for sure. And it's no surprise that social media and social network usage went up in the months of March, April, May, and onwards. And it's something that I definitely wanted to explore more. Because personally, I was among this large group of people who resorted to social media to occupy my time. I, I made sure to pick up new hobbies and get fresh air while I could, but social media and being on my phone in general was the only way I could connect with people. In a time where we really couldn't interact with one another physically, social media was the only way I felt like I could. Um, all public gatherings were called off. It's, it's no surprise. We had sports, concerts, weddings, and everything suddenly canceled. And people sought out entertainment where we could. I mean, I resorted to streaming services a lot, like Netflix and Hulu and YouTube. And generally, people started to connect with, uh, with others through other means as well, besides just messaging and, and text. People really wanted to see each other, and so they used different video chatting apps like Duo and House Party. I know those rose in popularity, especially among my friends and people back home. And I am so aware that none of what I'm talking about is new or, or novel. Everyone was doing this. Everyone was trying to stay connected through social, through social isolation. But this is kind of what I want to talk about. I really want to know how, if at all, our social media practices are going to change post-pandemic. Because... Looking around me and reflecting on my own practices, I've seen people become so reliant on these platforms and services that allow us to do things from home. Um, we work from home now, we learn from home, we socialize from home. And there's so many examples. Take, take sporting events. Sporting events were not a thing during the beginning of the pandemic. And recently, I was reading through the New York Times and the article uh, showed statistics of how several video gaming sites have had surges in traffic, including sites that let you watch others play games as well, like the, uh, the streaming site Twitch. Um, and I know a popular game that's um, rising in popularity now is a game called Among Us. And... I was thinking, is this going to stay the same post-pandemic? 
will people, even when this new normal comes and sports and live events resume, feel the need to actually go outside and go to these things? And the optimistic part of me says, yes, of course, people are stir crazy, you're stir crazy. People are going to be ready to go out. But then the pessimistic part of me is thinking about introverts and people who may like this new way of virtually interacting with people. I mean, take another example, grocery shopping, um, Instacart, Shipped, Walmart Grocery, all of those, these services saw crazy surges. And without a doubt, getting food delivered to you is easier and it's more efficient. But are people going to permanently replace their shopping trips with delivery? Because it seems like people are already doing so with online clothes. I mean, I guess I'm just trying to picture life post-pandemic. It's been something on my mind for a while, which is why I wanted to talk about in this episode. And I guess the most obvious thing is, is social media. If you have an iPhone, every week you get a summary of your screen time. It basically breaks down how much time you spend in different applications and tells you if there's been an increase or a decrease in how much time you spent on your phone from the previous week. And let me tell you, seeing those numbers sometimes, it was absolutely horrifying. It it got to a point where... I was spending an hour a day on Instagram, just scrolling. And seeing that number and stat in my face made me so mad at myself for wasting time. So I had to set an app limit for myself. But the fact that I had to get to this point, it made me feel like like a petulant child who was incapable of self-control. I think that's the best way I can describe it. But but moving on, like I was saying earlier, so many people were relying on their phones for different types of entertainment. And part of me wanted to give people a pass, like what are we supposed to do? But it got concerning for me when I realized that it went beyond just consuming different types of entertainment. It went to news. And I, I recently saw a survey that Flix conducted. And they were talking about how there has been an unprecedented increase in consumption of news articles. And while that's fine, it's the fact that it's consumption of news articles on Facebook that's concerning. Um, Their statistic was 35.8% of survey respondents said that they got their news from Facebook. To me, that is a big number. That is a lot of people getting news from social platforms. And it's not just Facebook, it's Twitter, and it's LinkedIn, and it's Reddit, and This topic in itself could be an entire news episode, and I don't want to go off on a big tangent. But to me, what this means is that the way information and misinformation got spread increased during the pandemic. 
So not only do you have a huge uptick in news consumption, but you have a huge uptick in the spread of misinformation. And both of those, to me, that's a dangerous combination. So once again, I come back to this core question of, will this consumer behavior trend continue? Like among all the other things we've discussed so far, will these trends continue? And it's hard to predict, but I, I think it's a question worth thinking about. Um, but for now, enough of my ramblings and um, my brain dump. It's time where we look at the questions our followers had. So we reached out to friends, family, and our followers on Instagram and Twitter for questions they wanted answered. And from our Instagram stories, someone asked the following question. Can you talk about the connection between mental health and social media during the pandemic? Now, this was something else I thought a lot about. During the pandemic, I gave myself a lot of passes. You know, I I justified why I was on my phone a lot. And I used canceled excuses as an event. As in (laughs) canceled excuses as an event. I told myself... Well, it's a pandemic. What else can you do? And in turn, which is what I talked about earlier, I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to bash social media and social networks. And to set the record straight, n- neither is Project Deactivate. What we're trying to do is just inform and help guide you in the right direction. I think social media is very important and powerful, but in moderation. So during the quarantine, while social media was a great way of staying in touch with people, it also made me feel awful at times. And I'm not alone in this. I was reading an article by the Kaiser Foundation, and they reported that 48% of people who filled out their survey said that their mental health was worse compared to January 2020. And it's hard to grapple with, even in a non-pandemic context. How can something that is supposed to connect us and make us feel part of a community fuel feelings of anxiety, depression, isolation, FOMO, and the list goes on? So I think that Social media and mental health, a connection even, like I said, in a non-pandemic context is something that is an issue. Addiction, social media addiction is an issue. And it's something that definitely needs, needs talking about. Um, the next question we got was, how do you think social media changed in the last seven months? Now... This is a pretty broad question, so I guess I'm going to focus on one thing, and and what I want to focus on is content, the content I was seeing. Um, From the start of quarantine, for the most part, I was seeing really uplifting content. People generally were pretty aware of all the of all the challenges we were facing in this especially unique time. 
And I think this was really reflected in the things that people were posting. IGTV videos, YouTube vlogs, TikToks, general, general posts and tweets about resources and guides. It really felt like everyone was a part of a huge community. More so than, than social media kind of has ever felt like for me. And it was fun. It was definitely an escape from what everyone was experiencing. And I think about all the challenges people started. I think key ones on Instagram were the Bill Clinton meme where people were holding vinyls. People could replace them with their favorite albums. Or the like draw the carrot challenge and you tag your friends in your story. But even on a more serious note, a lot of people lost their jobs and were displaced. And I saw people come together using social media to support one another through crowdfunding campaigns. And it was really inspiring and uplifting that we were able to kind of create connections despite not physically being around one another, creating connections with people from all across the country and the world. It felt very unifying. And in the same time that we were quarantined, around the world, in the US, Germany, France, many other countries, demonstrations were happening. People were protesting George Floyd's death, Breonna Taylor's death, and the death of others in support of Black Lives Matter. And with such talk around police reform and other social issues like the inequalities a Black trans community has been facing, social media was like something I have never seen before. And... This largely has to do with who I follow and where I live, but my feeds were filled with protesting guides, news sources, um, statements of people showing their support. And a huge example of this, which is, is controversial, but an example of this was the Blackout Tuesday. Um, that happened on Instagram. People posted a black square in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. It originated because I think the music and entertainment industry um, started this and businesses were talking about abstaining from releasing music and other business operations, but it quite rapidly picked up and a lot of people were reposting this black square to show their solidarity, to protest racism and police brutality. And this is another topic that can be covered in another episode, but basically the use of the hashtag like BLM and Blackout Tuesday ended up being quite harmful because it drowned out critical information and updates, but it's just an example and like narrowing back in of how content really shifted and changed and the things that were being posted about in the beginning were lighthearted and humorous and then things quickly changed to, to, to content being more important. Things had more weight. Conversations were being started that weren't about like silly 
challenges per se. People were really engaging in dialogues that we should have been engaging in for a really long time prior to all of this. Um, moving on to our last question. I saw your recent Instagram post about social media being a toxic mirror. What does this mean and do you have any advice? Um, before I get into it, I do have a disclaimer. I am no professional. Honestly, I probably should not be the one giving advice, but as someone who is on this journey of putting my phone down more and living more in the moment, I will share what has helped. But first, this idea of social media being a toxic mirror. There is a quote that gets thrown around quite frequently, but it's, comparison is a thief of joy. And it's a very brief statement, but it says so much. Things on social media are not real. And that's not to say that everything you see is fake. But a lot of the times, things are constructed, things can be misconstrued, and you tend to compare yourself. You see other people who are happier, maybe wealthier, who might have a really big following, and you start to critique yourself because of it. You start to think about their life and your life and and start to think and dream up and conjure an idealized version of yourself, which isn't true. And it's no surprise that this is linked to feelings of anxiety and, and negative thoughts about yourself. There are so many statistics talking about social media in connection to unrealistic body standards um, and and how a lot of people, mainly mainly girls, young girls, internalize that and start to critique themselves at a very young age. So I guess that's generally what that means. It's just saying that social media can be really harmful for us. It makes you look at yourself differently, even in in ways that you don't even know are happening. And I guess my advice for this, I mean, firstly, put your phone down. It's It's the most obvious and no doubt you've heard it a million times before. But there are so many non-digital activities out there for you to try. I think quarantine, everyone just started picking up new activities. And it was really exciting to see. I personally picked up sewing and crocheting and, um, and making cassettes, which is pretty random. But it doesn't have to be anything too grand. It could be something as simple as taking a walk, journaling, reading a book, literally anything. And all of this is definitely easier said than done. And I I empathize with people, especially with people my age, younger people in, in middle school and high school. We have grown up in a social media dependent world. 
unlike any any other generation. But if you can try and prevent digital overload, do it. Go into your phone settings and physically set app limits and, and try not to cave and break them. And my second piece of advice is to literally unfollow people. If you are scrolling through your feed and you see something or someone that pops up and it makes you feel anything but good, unfollow them. Lately, that has been, has been my rule of thumb. Obviously, this is at your discretion. And for me, I mainly mean this in reference to influencers and, and public figures and celebrities. I think most of the time we tell ourselves that we use social media to socialize, to connect. But in reality, we are passively scrolling and consuming so much media. So if you see something and it makes you feel lonely or stressed, why, why look at it? Try your hardest to avoid it. And you can do that by literally blocking it out and unfollowing that person, that account whatever it may be. But if you want other resources, definitely check out our website, projectdeactivate.weebly.com and our social media accounts at Project Deactivate on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And yes, the irony is not lost on me, <laughs> the fact that we are using social media to promote disconnecting from social media. But definitely look at those resources if you want to learn more about how to fix unhealthy social media usage. We post a lot about different tips and advice. But other than that, we have reached the end of this episode. If you have made it this far, thank you for listening to my ramblings and this brain dump and thank you to those who have submitted questions we really appreciate it definitely stay tuned for more episodes and follow our social media channels to be updated but thanks for listening